Hello and welcome to another edition of VMware Cloud on AWS Unplugged, Sequester and Shelter in Place Edition. Today, uh, our topic is VMware Tanzu Kubernetes Grid on VMware Cloud on AWS and everything that entails. I'm your host, Bill Roth. Today, I've got two of our experts to talk about this, Yuraj Mehta and uh, Kendrick Coleman. So folks, um, there's been a lot of energy in the system uh, about this. We've, we've heard a lot about VMware Cloud on AWS and providing support for containerized workloads. Tell me a little bit about it. As somebody who kind of knows the hypervisor, who knows sort of the core, tell me what's changing and how is this really working? Sure. Um, uh, I can kick this off and Kenny, please feel free to chime in. Um, so uh, first of all, Bill, uh, thanks for having me. Um, so as you know, uh, VMware Cloud on AWS, we've seen like tremendous customer growth um, since, uh, uh, since the service went GA about three years ago. And, uh, you know, uh, we've seen a lot of customers uh, migrating their existing traditional workloads, uh, be that for data center migration, data center extension, uh, et cetera. And however, what we see in the market is that the conversation with the customers is also changing from being an infrastructure conversation to more of an app-based conversation. And that's the natural progression the market is moving towards as the infrastructure, as it moves to the cloud and becomes managed um, by cloud providers like, like VMware, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the operators don't necessarily have to worry about the infrastructure. They can now up-level their skill set and be, and be much closer to the business. Um, and so, uh, the and so uh, that same, uh, the same customers who were, uh, who were first, who were initially, you know, uh, spending a lot of their time working on the infrastructure and the hypervisor, they don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, you know, that, so that's a lot, of, uh, a, lot, a lot of overhead that's being freed up. And so uh, when, we, uh, uh, when we go out and talk to customers, they're now asking us like, hey, uh, what is our container strategy? What is our uh, you know, strategy around supporting these many cloud-native workloads? Because, uh, because quite frankly, the developers are asking them that question. And it's coming directly from the line of business developers. And so uh, as the Tanzu portfolio uh, started coming together from the uh, uh, from the modern application platform business unit, newly formed, right? Uh, it was very natural for VMC um, to, uh, to start supporting the products and the services that are coming out of that portfolio. And, and so the first product that we are looking to add support for, or what we actually will have support for, is called Tanju Kubernetes Grid. Uh, which basically provides the Kubernetes runtime uh, for our customers in order to orchestrate and manage uh, their containerized application. Um, then Tanzu Kubernetes Grid comes with a whole host of other capabilities, which I'm sure uh, Kenny, uh, Kenny can go into much more details on. Um, but that's how we're, we're, we're starting the journey on, on adding support for these modern applications, starting off with Tanzu Kubernetes Grid. Yeah, so talk about me, can you talk a little bit more about like how this all works? I mean, is this sort of separate? Is it built in? Tell me, tell me more about how customers are going to see this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, I think we have to roll back a little bit and kind of just wonder when we talk to people and especially VI admins, when they're starting to get in this space, they're like, wait, why do I need containers? I've just right. been getting OVAs. I've been getting virtual yeah. machines. My, 
my life has been fine. Why do I need to even think about this stuff? And, you know, I start looking at this and, and I've, I've talked about this in plenty of the presentations that this is just a natural progression of, of ways that we see the, the application delivery platform happening. And mm -hmm. Kubernetes is just a new substrate of infrastructure now. And that's, that's kind of how the way we look at it. So at some point, you were given a binary or an executable and you had to go and spin up a virtual machine and you use that and you put it on there and you said, okay, like, here's my application, go on and push it out. Mm -hmm. And then at some point there was a shift a little bit and now nobody's really giving you binaries, right? What are they giving you? They're giving you OVAs to go deploy into your vSphere environment. And so you're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, well, okay, import this OVA. And all of a sudden it's now an appliance that I can run inside my environment. Super easy off to the mm -hmm. off and running. And then now you're seeing another shift where it's not really an OVA, but we're figuring out how do we package this up in a little bit different way? And of course, you know, we can roll back the clocks here a few years when we start talking of like the, the, the rise of Docker and how people were now packaging up their applications in a new way that made it not only a much smaller footprint, made it highly scalable. And you had this something that was also ubiquitous across any infrastructure you ran it on. It didn't matter whether you were running it on Linux or Windows or uh, any, any Linux flavor for that matter. Mm -hmm. uh, you could run it on Mac, it doesn't really matter. Like your application is gonna run, right? You mm -hmm. had this consistent environment and that's what you got out of containers. Mm -hmm. And so now we're starting to see to the point where, okay, and, and this is the one thing that BI admins haven't, maybe they haven't like had that moment mm -hmm. yet. They're like, well, my, I don't have an in-house development team. Right. I don't, I don't have to worry about that. Right. Now there are, there are plenty of those out there. There are, they have the in-house development teams. And so they need, they need something that their developers asking for. And that's why they're looking into Kubernetes and that's why they're getting in containers. And then you've got the other half of the world and they're saying like, Oh, okay, well I still get my binaries. Like I get my OVAs. Like I, I don't need this. Okay. Remember that one pivotal switch that I just said at some point where the application they're like, whether you're buying it just through a, a software vendor, at some point, they turn to OVAs. At some point, they're going to start giving you container images now, or they're going to start giving you Kubernetes manifests. And you've got to figure out, how do I run this? How do I use this? And so that is where we're going to start seeing that shift from of like saying, okay, now I've got to figure out how do I run this new type of application. And so when you're getting into just understanding, okay, now I have a need for containers and I see the future of where this is going to go, how do I get this quote unquote Kubernetes thing up and running? Mm -hmm. And this just is over a, a span of a few years now as well as, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, way back when of just getting back into Docker and the, like 2014 days and all of a sudden mm -hmm. like hearing, hearing about this Kubernetes thing spinning up and I'm like, that's, that seems way too complicated. I'm not going to worry about that. And then all of a sudden this, this thing called Kubernetes just starts rising and rising in popularity mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, I mean, it overtakes it, right? I mean, it completely overtakes the market, becomes the most dominant orchestrator that's out there. And it's also for a lot of the VI admins, they have to understand like, well, wait a second, what, what is Kubernetes really doing here? And it's, it is, it's orchestrating these pods. It's orchestrating these containers for you. It essentially becomes your vCenter for containers, right? So trying to like do some analogy mapping if it, if it makes it easier for them. Is it parallel? Or is, is this technology that's parallel or is it sort of like fundamentally wired into vSphere? How would you describe that? 
so it's parallel, right? Okay. So today what we're going to be seeing uh, in regards of, especially with, with uh, Tanzu Kubernetes Grid on VMC, it's you're, you're basically running Kubernetes on top inside of virtual machines in, uh, in your vSphere environment, right? Mm -hmm. So let me get to that uh, and, and why this is becoming really like a critical technology as you start getting into it is because when we see this, this rise of this particular technology, of course, what do you want to do? As an engineer, we all want to go out, we want to play it, we want to download it, we want to try to install it, we want to get it running. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that was out there, and it's still out there today, and you can go and check it out on GitHub, it's Kubernetes the hard way. And go yeah. ahead, try it. Yep. I tell you, it's hard, okay? Mm -hmm. Everything from actually creating your own uh, individual Kubernetes services on your Linux machines to creating your own TLS certificates and sharing those amongst your worker nodes and your uh, control plane nodes, uh, it, it becomes very cumbersome. Like you could spend days just trying to do it this hard way. And then you spend maybe not even days, it could be, could be a few days. Uh, and then you spend multiple, multiple hours, maybe even weeks trying to sit here like, okay, like how do we automate all this stuff? Mm -hmm. And so there's been tooling that's been progressively getting better over time. And the coolest thing about this is that being an open source project, a lot of the tooling is out there. It's freely available. You've just mm -hmm. got to know how to use it. You've got to have the will to go want to use it as well. And so you had a few different things out there. So you had KubeADM, which is one of the first real big tools that actually clustered Kubernetes control planes and worker nodes together and kind of really created a holistic, uh, holistic cluster at this point. Now, so you had the first tool. And then the second tool that really came into it was Cluster API. And that's really where Tanzu Kubernetes Grid is starting to really thrive, is where Cluster API is now, and let me kind of rewind this back. So what KubeADM really does as I said, it takes a few different virtual machines, ones that you said, hey, you're now a Kubernetes control plane, you're a Kubernetes worker, run my KubeADM commands on each one of them, and all of a sudden they start talking together, magic happens, and you've got a cluster and it's up and running, right? Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. And it, it works great. However, it's completely infrastructure agnostic. It doesn't care or doesn't want to know if you're running an AWS or Azure or vSphere. It doesn't matter. So... How do we figure out, like, how do we spin this to the point where, okay, well, how can we programmatically put in all the components that says, okay, I know I'm running on a vSphere infrastructure. How do I talk to my data stores? How do I talk to the networking components? How do I do all this sort of stuff? Yep. Um, and then at some point, how do I dynamically scale myself? How do I bring the virtual machines and how do I talk to the underlying infrastructure provider APIs? Mm -hmm basically automate this stuff for me. And so that's where, that, and so that's where cluster API comes in and cluster API is now your core capability of being able to programmatically uh, deploy virtual machines. And once they're deployed, then you see all this other open source stuff happening underneath the covers that is really wrapped around Tanzu Kubernetes grid inside of the CLI that makes it all happen. So cluster APIs in there, kubediums in there, and you don't even really realize it because you did a one-line command that said, uh, TKG init, my infrastructure is vSphere, press enter, wait five to 10 minutes, and it's up and running, right? So being able to have that is a super powerful thing of being able to programmatically stand up Kubernetes clusters in a very, very short period of time. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Yuvraj, anything to add? No, yeah. So uh, what Kenny alluded to, and and what um, and I really want to add to to one of the uh, one of the aspects um, that Kenny mentioned is the simplicity and the speed with which 
uh, customers can get started with Kubernetes mm -hmm. using PKG, especially uh, with the CLI integrated into it. And, uh, you know, like traditionally just deploying Kubernetes and, uh, and if you see in the market and the literature, and if you go in and talk to customers, like, hey, the learning curve for getting started with Kubernetes is super high. Like Kubernetes the hard way, you know, um, and even the, um, even if you're just using getting started with containers, you know, just creating containers, and even if you're using uh, another orchestrator like uh, like Compose or even some of the other orchestration platforms that are out there, it's just super hard to get started on it. And that's one of the biggest focus, and just traditionally has been uh, for VMware, like how do we democratize Kubernetes to the mass market? And so. so so Tansu Kubernetes Grid is essentially taking a lot of the complexity out by giving a prepackaged, pre-assembled version, uh, as well as democratizing by making sure that it's out and exists anywhere, everywhere, like kind of a right. container dial tone. Is that is that kind of an accurate way to describe it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and but the but the democratization comes in another form. Is that hey, you know, how can we make it super simple? for the VI admin to understand, to also interact for that same software stack to, inter to interact with the underlying vSphere platform as well. And so what can you mention around scaling out a Kubernetes deployment? Traditionally, you know, you would have to write scripts, you would have to use uh, multiple open source tooling in order to get that mm -hmm. to work. But now with TKG, you can just we do, do, uh, you. You, uh, we do it for you underneath uh, using the TKG CLI. So that's, that is a really, really powerful uh, thing that we're introducing into the market and com and completely new. So as I walk the halls and uh, paths of the prom campus at VMware, I hear talk of VMware Tanzu Kubernetes Grid Plus and being supported on VMware Cloud on AWS. You've right, give it, give us the highlight. What what's the plus for? Yeah. Yeah, so um, the plus is actually for actually uh, that we want to go above and beyond uh, than just offering core technology pieces to actually helping our customers in a real world manner uh, to help them deploy, to help them architect uh, and help them get familiar with this new world of containerized applications and how Kubernetes works and functions. And so the plus actually adds what's known as customer reliability engineering uh, to the uh, uh, to the portfolio that the customer purchases. And customer live uh, CRE, uh, for short, actually helps customers in terms of, you know, um, guiding them uh, in terms of architecting their Kubernetes deployment, helping them also providing advocacy to the upstream community, Kubernetes upstream community. That's super relevant because, you know, the enterprise customers that we have, our customer base, you know, they have requirements, they have patches that they want to, uh, uh, that they want to roll out. However, their cadence is very different than how the upstream community moves or the open source community moves. And so that's where the CRE team bridges that gap. In addition to that, uh, uh, one last thing, in sure. addition to that, the CRE team provides a, uh, uh, brings a, uh, uh, brings a set of experts of some of the world's best Kubernetes experts to the table uh, for the customers in order to, uh, in order to provide them 24 seven support and business critical support as well. Got it. So VMware Tanzu Kubernetes Grid Plus is essentially people. It's not some sort of AI. It's not docs. It's not some community site. It's actually right. the the experts there who can help people uh, sort of architect their infrastructure yep. correctly. 
exactly. Absolutely. You get that. And plus you get, you know, a few more key capabilities that are coming out of it too, right? I mean, the one thing that Tons of Creative Grid Plus that really gives you is a little bit more flexibility in what you want to be able to deliver as your, your Kubernetes uh, environment, right? So Tanzu Kubernetes Grid is, it's, it's, it's purposely built and it has a, uh, an opinionated way of how this is being deployed, right? So saying like, for instance, when we go and we want to deploy a Kubernetes workload cluster utilizing uh, TKG, what we're doing is we're automating the process of everything that we want to go through and have that cluster up and running in just a few minutes. However, we take some opinionated approaches, like, like first off, like Calico, that is your CNI, like that is your, that is your networking constructor. CNI? Yeah, did you, yeah, your uh, container networking interface. All right, so there we go. I, we gotta, there's, there's so many acronyms, right? You gotta get to stop me and make sure we're saying all these things. Oh, right? count on it. Yeah. And so, yeah. so Calico is going to be deployed at first. And what that's doing is that's providing your overlay networking and pod networking uh, and pod to pod networking between, uh, or sorry, within inside your Kubernetes cluster. What if you said, I don't want to use Calico, right? I, I want to use uh, Cilium. I want to use NSX. You can get that with, uh, with Tanzu Kubernetes Grid Plus, right? Because what we can do is that we can bring in that human element. And that human element is now able to not only help you with the transition of understanding like, okay, like this is, this is either like the pro and the con of what you get by swapping out Calico and putting in something else, or this is, uh, this is what we can do to try to help you. So we can help you hack away at some new templates to make, maybe we can automatically install these components for you as well during this process. So the, the plus really gives, as I said, you get the ability to have a few more technical capabilities uh, that, can, that are very flexible but that human element is what you get that actually it. brings it and actually yeah. kind of bring it all together and do that for you too. That makes sense. Bill, the, yeah. the, the, that, that level of flexibility is super critical because if you understand, uh, um, you know, uh, well, when we start talking about containers and Kubernetes, the push for that is still coming from developers, right? And mm -hmm. developers look for that flexibility because they don't want to get tied to a particular technology stack, right? Or a mm -hmm. particular technology. So, and they're going out into the open source community and looking at, hey, what is the most latest and greatest uh, technology that they can pick up and use? And, and so with the, with CRE, you, uh, do, uh, we can help developers actually adopt that flexibility and still have the operators be able to support that flexibility as well. Got it. Let's talk for a minute about kind of on-prem versus the cloud. I think, Yuvraj, if you could address this, I think Kenny kind of mentioned it in, in passing, but uh, TKG, Tanzu Kubernetes Grid Plus, is it supported on-prem as well as the cloud? I want assumes that my containerized yeah. workloads in a perfect world migrate seamlessly. Say, give us a give us a little story behind that, hey, Raj. Yeah, so uh, Tanzu Kubernetes Grid Plus is supported on premise, so uh, on vSphere uh, 6.7 and whatnot, and it's also supported on the cloud on the VMC cloud as well. So customers can use it on premise and customers can use it in the cloud. Um, there's also another, another mechanism to consume it uh, by where it is integrated within vSphere itself, uh, which is uh, through vSphere 7.0, uh, or well, many of the, many of our listeners might uh, might know that might know it as the project specific capabilities, uh, mm -hmm. where we have actually built out uh, the Kubernetes uh, substrate and the runtime 
into the core vSphere platform. And so when, uh, well, when customers look to deploy Kubernetes on top of vSphere, the vSphere 7.0 with Kubernetes, um, the, uh, the, the runtime that will come down will be uh, TKG, right, or tons of mm -hmm. Kubernetes grid. Um, so there are multiple ways um, that customers can consume it on premise, definitely, and also in the cloud. So I also one, want to kind of bring one more thing up there too. Like as 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 you Raj mentioned that you know as as we look at the the two different environments, whether you're in you know it, because if you're running on premises with vSphere and you're running inside of AWS with uh, VMC, you're probably figuring out how do I manage workloads between both of these, and if you're looking at bringing TKG into the picture here, you're probably figuring out how do I run these applications in both of these instances? And how do I yeah. do some sort of load balancing? How do I do failover? How do I, how do I architect my application in such a way that I can utilize both of these environments um, based on whatever need it is, right? And if you don't know how to do anything with Kubernetes, that's, that's going to be your first hurdle, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Your second hurdle is actually going to be saying, like, how do I get somebody in here that knows how to architect this application for me? Mm -hmm. And we have on our, our CRE staff some of the most knowledgeable people in Kubernetes that have been around it since the beginning. Um, and, and that's really what they come in as specialists for, to help you not only just architect the, uh, the underlying infrastructure, knowing how exactly how can we get this application to run in Kubernetes the way that, we expect or you expect it to run, but then how do we utilize both of these environments right. to be able to uh, really provide exactly what, what you Rob to send right. actually provide something that said like, okay, like maybe one's a hot spot, one's a cold spot. Maybe we just do round Robin. How do we architect that? And that's really sure. what they're there for to make it happen too. Interesting. So Kenny, if you could, I think you covered some of this, but if you had to summarize, uh, in relatively short order, kind of what the key capabilities are of Tanzu Kubernetes Grid Plus. I mean, how would you how would you kind of line item those key capabilities? Well, I'll tell, I'll give you a little fun nugget information here. I think there's one thing that you you had mentioned earlier, and you talked you talked about uh, this becoming like the dial tone. Yeah, you know that was mm -hmm. actually a, a a direct quote from Pat Gelsinger saying like, how do we make Kubernetes the dial tone? Mm -hmm. of 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 running with on top of vSphere and the idea was is that dial tone seems a little outdated now and so that's why it become a grid so it becomes an electric grid so i'm an old guy look hey. I'm, a, I'm an old guy don't no no ageism there young fella <laughs> hey, uh, i'm just throwing some fun little nuggets information of like how these names actually came about and i'm stuff sure like i'm i'm sure that's where i heard it first um i have a totally off script question uh, and I might be revealing something or at least asking about something we're not supposed to talk about. But as a longtime Fusion and Workstation user, which is where mm. it's easy for me to consume this stuff, am I going to see Tanzu Kubernetes, Tanzu Kubernetes Grid? Am I able to see this sort of basic software show up in Fusion and Workstation someday? You don't have to commit to a delivery date. So the way that's that the great, software, great question. Yeah, it was like so the, the way the software yeah. technically really works today is that you do utilize your your local laptop, your local instance mm -hmm. that you utilize as the TKG CLI, and you are provisioning clusters. Now mm -hmm. the thing the odd the odd thing is is that you're never going to be provisioning a workload cluster on your uh, on your laptop, right? You're, okay. you're really not going to be doing that because you're not going to be running production workloads on your laptop. But you're a developer. Developers may want to. And so this is, this is 
so I'll, I'll give you kind of like the underlying uh, sure. kind of core components and how this works. So there's a technology that's actually used called Kind or what's called Kubernetes and Docker. You can go check it out. It's free. Yeah. It's get it out on GitHub. So the way that this software actually works, it's pretty genius. So what happens is, is say you say TKG in it and say initialize. Yep. And I'm going to say, I'm going to run it on infrastructure, vSphere, hit right. enter, go. Yeah. Now what's happening underneath the covers is that your own local host there, your virtual machine or your, um, uh, your laptop is now equipped with the Docker daemon. And we are spinning up a Kubernetes cluster on your local machine without you really knowing it. Mm-hmm. And we're installing all the cluster API components. We're installing cluster API components for vSphere. And once those are running on your local machine in its own Kubernetes cluster, then what we do is we talk to vSphere and then we are now provisioning. On a host with- somewhere. On a host somewhere or on the vSphere that's on the laptop. So, so, hold, so let's, let's take that back just a little bit. Sure. So your, your local laptop, um, we'll just say you're running on, on uh, Mac, right? We'll okay. just we'll use that as to, to make this easy. So I've got my local, yep. uh, my local Mac desktop. I've got mm-hmm. my TKG It's in my path. I'm mm-hmm. using it just like I would to um, call out ping, right? Mm-hmm. It's, just a, it's just a commandlet at this point. So I go ahead and I say TKG in it. Now, once that happens, is that my is that this binary or this TKG CLI will actually spin up a Kubernetes cluster on my laptop utilizing Docker, uh-huh. and that Kubernetes lab or sorry that Kubernetes instance is actually running in a single Docker container, uh-huh. right? So that's yeah. where it's all happening. Now this single Docker container that's running on my laptop gets equipped with cluster API and cluster API components for vSphere, and it's also taking in ingesting some environment variables and a uh-huh. configuration file that we're also specifying that I'm kind of like trying to make this a little bit easier to understand. And then what it's doing is talking to your vCenter. Once it's talking to your vCenter, I'm utilizing those environment variables or those credentials that I have. And now I'm spinning up virtual machines. I'm actually Mm -hmm. spinning them up from templates that I've already imported Mm -hmm. into into Mm vCenter. And once they're up and running and I've got my management cluster up and running, Mm -hmm. what I do is I transfer all of the cluster API components that were running on this local laptop and move them into the management cluster. And then I retire the Docker container that's running kind on my local instance. Mm-hmm. And then, so now I utilize the TKG CLI. I point to my management cluster right. that's living inside of vCenter yeah. and I provision Kubernetes workload clusters from there. Got it. And, and so that's, like I said, it's really slick on how this is all working. So mm-hmm. your laptop is still becoming a, a critical part of this process because it technically is actually running a, a Kubernetes cluster without you knowing it because mm-hmm. it brings it up, yeah. transfers some stuff, and then it brings it back down. Excellent. You've Raj, anything to add? Yep. Yeah. Well, um, so uh, what, what King described is actually goes at some, one of the core value proposition of containers, right? Which is that uh, what developers were initially complaining about is like, Hey, I did all this development, created this application, but now I give to operation and it breaks in production. Right. And so what the, the workflow that Kenny just described is like, Hey, Developers can also say it's like, it worked on my laptop, it worked in my environment and should work in production. And so the conversation between development uh, and, uh, and operations gets much, gets much more easier. On uh, the flip side also, there, is, uh, there are certain technologies that, uh, that, are, uh, that are being progressed within VMware uh, mm-hmm. And we're getting obviously uh, we're uh, we're going to lift the curtains a little bit um, that will help developers also 
uh, interact with Kubernetes and containers by leveraging VMware Fusion. So there, uh, recently um, we announced Project, no Project Nautilus, uh, which uh, uh, which integrates many of the project Pacific technologies into VMware Fusion itself. Uh, so allowing Fusion uh, Fusion users in order to spin up containers and spin up Kubernetes clusters on their local desktop. In addition to that, um, there's also something called as uh, as Octant uh, and Octant and uh, Kenny probably has more details on that, uh, where uh, where developers can actually have a dashboard, can uh, have tooling in which they can interact with Kubernetes clusters locally. Uh, on their laptop as well. So the, these are two projects that are yeah. that are being incubated um, by VMware. Octant is actually open source uh, as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, definitely look forward uh, to those being uh, being adopted more widely. Excellent. Kenny, anything to add to that? No, I, I think you, Raj, said it really well. I mean, I can talk to you just a, a quick little blurb about Project Octant. You can go out there in GitHub. It's out there today. It's It's really cool. It's just a binary that you run locally on your laptop. And what it does is it just looks at your cube config. Uh, your uh -huh. cube config is basically saying, this is how I'm talking to a Kubernetes cluster. And so it takes your cube config, essentially your, basically your Kubernetes credentials at that point, yeah. and then shows you a dashboard of what's going on inside of that particular Kubernetes cluster, right? So it's super easy to, to kind of get used to and, and get started with because uh, Kubernetes by default doesn't ship with a dashboard anymore, right? right. So here is, yeah. here's a, a good UI tool uh, that's super robust and super mm -hmm. easy to use that you can just run on your local machine. Got it. So one assumes we're going to see more kind of Kubernetes features showing up in vCenter and, you know, various tools, the vSphere clients and things like that. Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, you're going to see that happen, yeah. uh, especially with vSphere 7 with Kubernetes, yep. right? I mean, that's, that's going to be your, uh, like I said, your, your real, visibility from a, a native VI admins perspective mm -hmm. into, uh, into this, right? So you're going to have the idea of vSphere namespaces to say like, okay, I've got these, uh, these, these, these native pods or these, these vSphere pod services that what I'm running so I can run a pod directly on the hypervisor itself versus also saying, okay, now I can also deploy Tanzu Kubernetes grid clusters utilizing the service as well. And, mm -hmm. it, and at that point, they, they look a little bit different inside of vCenter, but they are virtual machines that are still running all the containers uh, mm -hmm. that you expect to see. Uh, there's a lot of great blog articles out there. I know Mike Foley's working yeah. really hard as well to uh, talk about more about the VI admin experience with Kubernetes as well when it starts getting to vSphere 7. Excellent. Yeah. So you talked a lot about the benefits of Tanzu Kubernetes Grid Plus. I mean, it seems like, look, you're going to do have a better long-term architecture you're going to get your entire infrastructure up and running faster. Uh, do I have it right? In other words, are those roughly the benefits of Tanzu Kubernetes Grid Plus on VMC? Yeah, those, yeah, those two, uh, the, those two definitely need to start off with. But on VMC specifically, right as well, what customers also get is this ability to rapidly scale out uh, their mm -hmm. deployment. Right, uh, you can add a host, you can get an SDDC up and running really, really quickly compared to if uh, if customers were doing it on-premise where then they would have to wait for, you know, host provisioning to happen, procurement right. to happen, et cetera. All those things go away and VMC makes it super fast uh, for customers to, if they want to scale out their Kubernetes, that their, their Tanzu Kubernetes grid cluster, they can simply go in in one click, add additional hosts, uh, add additional vSphere clusters, um, and uh, and so they can uh, they can really unblock their development teams 
in order for them to consume that, that, that particular Kubernetes cluster. Excellent. So some basic info questions. How do customers get support for Tanzu Kubernetes Grid Plus on VMware Cloud and AWS? What should they do? How, how do they find out more? Sure. So, uh, well, uh, they can they can find out more today uh, by going to cloud.vmware.com. Uh, there's a lot of information about about TKG. Uh, in addition to that, um, in terms of in terms of pricing packaging, like we uh, in terms of pricing, like we mentioned, right? Uh, we uh, it, Tanzu Kubernetes Grid Plus comes with uh, comes with CRE uh, support as well. So uh, and so each uh, each deployment is a little bit unique in that respect. Uh, and so uh, our recommendation is for customers to reach out uh, to their VMware sales rep, uh, who can who can best guide them in terms of in terms of pricing and whatnot. Uh, but once customers have uh, uh, have a subscription to TKG Plus on VMC, um, the support at, uh, they get streamlined support directly from VMware. Uh, they can uh, actually open up uh, issues uh, directly with VMC of. Uh, their VMC support and even through uh, the VMC chat support. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, if there, if any issue is determined to be Kubernetes related or TKG related, uh, it gets uh, automatically escalated to the CRE team. Customers can obviously still have the option to uh, to reach out directly to the CRE team as well in terms of support. Got it. Anything else to add about that, Kenny? No, you. I, I tell you what, just give you Raj a call whenever he needs support. He's he'll be the great person. <laughs> That's Y-U-V-R-A-J, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, please uh, reach out. Gonna, they, go ahead. And I'm going to forward that to, back to Kenny. <laughs> Excellent. You know what? I love the collaboration. Uh, wonderful is it, is stuff. it the network or the storage this time? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Excellent. So this sounds like a really interesting um, sort of development in light of everything that's exploded over the last five years about how to deliver applications at web scale, at sort of scale for the internet. And it sounds like with VMware uh, vSphere 7, a ton more functionality is going to be existed, not only in terms of products, but also services. Is that kind of, would you, would that, would you say that's an accurate summary? Yeah, yeah. I would, uh, go ahead, Kenny. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely an accurate summary, but I mean, like you don't have to wait for vSphere 7, especially on VMC, right? I mean, it's right now we've got Tantu Kubernetes Grid running on VMC and it's going to be supported on 6.7 U3. So that's what's, that's what's going to be happening right out of the way, out of the box. So you, you have the ability to take advantage of running Kubernetes and getting a lot of this automation on day one. You don't have to wait uh, until that time comes. So they can, there's a place, yeah. there's, so they can download it today, they can use it today and get ready uh, uh, and run it on top of uh, the version six series. Absolutely. Excellent. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. All and right, so, uh, but, yeah, but, but one more. I do, I do want to add uh, one more component to this, uh, to the story, right? Um, because as customers deploy more and more Kubernetes clusters, what they're, what they're also then looking for is this, how, how do they manage this cluster sprawl, right? Uh, and that's where uh, the, one of the biggest cornerstone of the Tanzu portfolio comes into play, which is uh, Tanzu Mission Control, um, and which basically allows customers to attach and bring under management, uh, and uh, you know, for lack of a better word, in a single pane of glass, all of their Kubernetes clusters. And that that is actually one of the most uh, um, uh, the most I guess talked about 
component of the Tanzu portfolio. And uh, this is something that, uh, that we're really, really excited about within VMware, within VMC, within MapBU, uh, for it to uh, for it to GA and see the customer adoption. And so, uh, you know, the, with, uh, with any TKG, uh, TKG purchase, TKG Quest mm -hmm. uh, purchase, uh, customers also get a 90-day free trial uh, oh, for uh, Yep, uh, for Tanzu mission control, and so customers can uh, can then tie the two pieces together. Like, okay, uh, we now have a uh, we now have an API driven infrastructure in BMC. Uh, on top of that, they can deploy a, a cloud native container runtime orchestration with Kubernetes using uh, using TKG, and then leverage Tanzu mission control mm -hmm. in order to have a single dashboard, single pane of glass, in order to manage all of those Kubernetes. Uh, Kubernetes clusters. Yeah, uh, Raj, I'm so glad you brought that up because the yeah, Mission Control has a lot of great capabilities into it that you just don't necessarily get out of the box uh, with, yeah. with TKG. So definitely go and check that out. Plus, the I mean, the UI is just snazzy. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, good. Maybe we'll do a, a, a video podcast in the future and uh, get a demo of that. Um, okay. Well, so for Kendrick Coleman and Yuvraj Mehta, uh, this is Bill Roth. Um, this has been another great episode of VMware uh, at Cloud on AWS Unplugged. I'm your host, Bill Roth. This show is produced by Sonali Desai. Our managing editor is Sai Gopalan. And our executive editor is the estimable, inimitable, and avuncular Ivan Openchuk. So for Kenny and Yuvraj, this is Bill Roth saying thanks for listening and tune in next time. Cheers. Thank you, Bill.